Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast about Prince, podcast on Prince. Yeah, I, damn it, I don't even know what the show is called no more, but we talk about Prince here. My name is Michael Dean. We're going to be talking about the new Kim Berry book that just came out. We'll give our thoughts on that. Uh, but joining us today, Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer, how are you? I'm sick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you all right over there? You, you sound mad or something? Nah, exactly. Nah, I'm cool. All right, we just doing a show, sir. We just doing a show. <laughs> all right. Also joining us today is uh, Kanisa, all the way from Muse to the Pharaoh. How you doing, Kanisa? I'm okay. I'm hungry, so yeah, we'll see how this goes. All right, all right. And our special guest today, uh, I believe he's. Uh, in in LA today, Mr. Dave Hampton, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, but I'm, I'm on the phone with with sick, tired, and hungry. So, <laughs> man, y'all gonna make me look bad. Gonna yeah, everybody's sick, tired, or hungry. Ah, damn. Well, man, would y'all y'all read the book too? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm starting early. Ah, All right. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, folks. Well, let's let's just you know, waste. Yeah, we don't want to waste no time. I know the people want to hear what we thought. Now, I want to start with Kanisa. Kanisa, you have um, actually one of the first reviews <clears throat> reviews that I saw of the book online. Uh, so, I want to hear your thoughts uh, on Kim Berry's book, Diamonds and Curls. Yeah, so I was one of the ones who actually donated to the GoFundMe back in the day because um, I had met Kim a couple times around Minneapolis, like right after everything happened. And she seemed very, you know, personable and nice and everything. I was like, yeah, I'll support her. So um, the book I was expecting to be, because, you know, I'm a natural hair person. I wanted to hear about hair products, uh, cute stories and things like that based on what she was telling people. And it turned out to be not quite that. It was it started cool because you're hearing about how she became a hairstylist and um, how how that worked for her in her past. And um and then it turned into a little bit something else because I noted in my review, there's talking about things that happened to you. And then there's talking about things that you saw, your perspective of things that you saw. And when you're writing books like that, it's very important to more talk about your situations that you had a direct influence or things that happened to you rather than kind of like talking of uh, kind of just seeing saying what you saw because it comes across as gossip or hearsay and I feel like it kind of fell in that later category so I was disappointed from a overall point of view because I didn't get to know what I wanted to hear about it's not the reason why I got her book all right interesting um did you enjoy the book or did you know I'm gonna ask you this how did it stack up to other Prince books that you have read um for books like that I always hold my thesis to standard because as much as, you know, it was about her and how she interfaced with Prince, but it wasn't about, she didn't spend a lot of time talking about, you know, oh, he did this and that and this of stuff she wasn't involved in. Um, so the balance was there. And for the other kind of like girlfriend books or things like that, it was about the same. I'm thinking of The Purple Rained on Me by Mickey White. I kind of put her on the caliber of Kim's book because it was a lot of her perception of what she saw and talking about other things that she saw or other people who were around, but it wasn't about her. So I, I kind of put that on the same level. All right. And it was just as, you know, scandalous as well. 
Okay. Um, Big Sexy. Sir, what what did you uh, think of the book? What were your takeaways and and thoughts? Well, there are a lot of things around this book that were, you know, kind of weighing it, I don't say weighing it down, but that were already talking about. That was terrible English, too. Um, The main concern that I had was the length you know, if you're going to talk about a relationship, friendship, business, or otherwise, that lasts 29 years, it should take a, a lot more than 121 pages. Of those pages, you know, 20 or so are pictures. And of the remaining pages, I'd say 35% is one particular story that I'm not going to get into. Um, having said that, I don't think she made it personable enough. You know, when she opens up talking about, you know, California and high school and how she got into hair and who introduced her, that was good because it was talking about her. And it's like uh, Nisi said, then it becomes, well, I heard this and I heard that. No, no, that's that's not for you to, to get into. And it didn't span enough time for me. You know, again, we have a 29-year relationship you know there are so many things that i was expecting to hear about that i did not hear about and i'll go a step further part of it the one story that took the bulk of the book a lot of that could have been plagiarized yeah i said it because it was available in another another setting uh i noticed at the end of the book there's a long long list of donors and whatnot through the GoFundMe apparatus that she had set up. And I've never done a crowdsourcing thing before, but if you're going to produce a book and you're going to rack up all this money, and I don't know what her goal was, I don't know what she, she got, but they could have done a better job than this. Now, I only saw the book through the PDF Kindle format, Someone's knocking at my door, and I don't give a shit. And um, a lot of the pictures just looked grainy and just didn't look right. Now, if that changes in the print version, so be it. But as far as the print version goes, if a person, consumer, is going to pay $25 for a 121-page book, that's a problem for me. That's a big, big problem. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna, now I'm going to give my thoughts and I'm going to go to Dave because I think Dave, I have an interesting perspective. So I want to end with him on, on just the thoughts. But in terms for me, um, I was excited to read the book. Like I was really anticipating wanting to read this. Obviously, Kim has been on this show before. Uh, she's to me, was always a great storyteller and her personality. So I was just like, I can't wait to see, you know, she goes in depth and really, uh, you know, put some good stuff in this book. And, you know, I'll be, I I wasn't a donor and that type of thing, but uh, it it appeared on the Kindle on the 17th and it was a part of the free Kindle plan. So you, you didn't have, I didn't have to pay for it per se, loaded it up, jumped in. And at first I was like, this is okay. This is kind of cool. You know, it's going into her history of, uh, you know, a young lady, South Central, um, going to school 
And I was relating to some of that stuff because I like, you know, was sort of that early kind of, I could see like the how the hip hop thing was sort of uh, in the background of, of a lot of things we were going through it, uh, during those years. And, you know, she's talking about her relationships and stuff. So I was like, okay, this is cool. You're going to really get to see the journey of, you know, her kind of going through her thing. And some of this I had heard before, right? And then, you know, it starts getting into some print stuff. And I'm like, of course, at the end of the day, that's why we're here. I mean, Prince is on the cover of that book. So uh, it can only be so much about her story was gone. Obviously about Prince because that's what's on the cover. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm reading this. And some of the things that are in there, I was like, damn, this is kind of interesting because she, you know, started talking about uh, Prince's uh, relationship with his mother. It was things said about his mother that I wasn't really up on per se. I was like, well, okay, interesting, you know. And then uh, it gets into, um, in particular, I'll say like the Maite, it gets into talking about Maite and their, their marriage and the, and the pregnancy and stuff. Again, these are things that I've read in Maite's book. Uh, I will say that these are things that are super like personal type things. Uh, and I, I gotta tell you how I, put, I take this into context of how I read this. On one hand, as a Prince fan, it's somewhat fascinating to me, even though I've heard some of this stuff before. If I if I disassociate myself, say I don't know any of these people or anything like that, and just I'm interested to hear things about Prince and stuff that you don't normally hear, I was like, whoa, this, you know, okay, man, this is crazy. It's interesting. Da 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 da. Um, the others, the other hand, I have to think of it as. If this was if if it was my life and I had to I had to personalize it, man, if that was my child and I personally went through that and it was and I'm not saying this would happen, but I was saying if it was like Kinesa or somebody or or Big Sexy, right? And they wrote a book about me. True storm. Yep. Here you go. <laughs> but if they wrote a book about me and it, you know, and I was gone and they was talking about you know uh like i don't know i guess my ex-wife or my child that wasn't here that would be a major problem now of course if i was gone ain't nothing i could do about it but i would assume that's my people's and they would be way out of pocket (laughs) speaking of something like that i'm just keeping it a buck like that's just a little funny style having said that as a fan it was interesting reading that stuff. Not gonna lie, it was hard to read it, but I was like, "Wow, okay." She's going there. Where I'm reading it, I didn't put the book down and stop reading, so I'm going there too because the book's not forcing you to read this stuff, right? Let's be mm-hmm. clear. So I'm reading that, and I'm like, "Okay." But then here's the the thing that really, as a reader, I was kind of like, "Huh?" Once you get past that part, and then it goes into this like. Hey, I could tell you some stories about some other stuff. I could tell you about this. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay, cool. These other chapters. And for some reason, I had happened to click away from the book. Like you could click on the book on the Kindle and it'll minimize it. But it'll show you your, your position in the book. And I looked down and it was like toward the end point almost to the book. I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, how? There's got to be way more left in this book because I just started reading it. It can't be over. But sure enough, the book wraps up 
like just sort of almost an abrupt sort of, you know, it's over. I got more things to tell you. And I, that's where I, that my major, that's my second major problem. I was like, ah, I want a full meal. Like this is kind of, this is like a, this, I ordered two appetizers. You gave me two appetizers. Was good. Some of it was good. Some of it I had before. But where the rest of the food? And you say I got to come back. You didn't even tell me when I'm supposed to come back, but I didn't get to come back and eat all the food yet. So I was kind of like, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way in a sense of I, I wanted a full book. I just didn't feel like I got that. Um, but what I did read, again, as a Prince fan, I was in it reading it. Uh, I was there. I just didn't feel like there was enough in, on the plate for all the buildup. And, and we've heard Kim tell stories before, so we know can tell stories, has great personality. And stuff. So I was just expecting all of that. I, I even just wanted to hear the rest of her journey. Like there's things mentioned in the book, like the hair salon and different things. I said, okay, well. What happened with that? Maybe that's going to be explained later. You know, obviously she has a daughter in this book during this time. How did that work out? Or what happened later? Or what is she doing now? And just you don't get a full plate. And and, I, and again, I'm only saying this because the book, as far as I know, isn't presented to me as a serialized autobiography, which is something I ain't never seen before. <laughs> but that's how it felt to me because I'm like, Okay, this ain't Netflix. Uh, I'm not binge reading books unless you put them all out at the same time. And so I was thrown off by that. So that's my thoughts on this book. Uh, Dave Hampton. Now, let yeah. me tell uh, for, for, the, for the Prince fans who know, for some of the not so into Prince fans, let me tell you, go look up Dave Hampton on our past episodes. Dave worked with Prince, technical director at Paisley Park. Uh, his his resume uh, is extensive. You take the Prince part out. His resume, he worked with the greats, still in the game. His name is still out there. You mentioned Dave Ham. They be who? Oh, you know, you know. He so he's one of those cats. So he's not just some. He ain't just you know. Uh, a, a fan I got on the line or you know, they carries weight right he, he's he's work with Prince so and you know and you know Kim and, and also yeah. I, I want to yeah. say that, you know there is a collective there is a, a family of sorts of alumni who uh, all work with Prince in different capacities over the years throughout the career and they have united and created a great organization that they do a lot of charitable work and, you know, hold each other down. So is it'll be interesting to hear your perspective with all of that as well, because Kim, uh, as far as I understand, is a part of this organization. All, all of y'all are. So I'm just curious, what were yeah. your thoughts on this book, sir? Um, you know, I, I hear what each one of you are saying and, and, you know, uh, I got the doc as, like I said, when, when, uh, my phone started going off and people were sending me various things. And so I sat down and read it and then read it again. And, you know, there were some parts of it where I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked just, just because of, uh, 
there is a common courtesy that all of us have, or at least some of us, that when it comes to Prince and his life, we've just made it our choice that there are certain things that we don't, you know, we don't go near and we don't deal with that and we don't touch it. It's just not a, it's not a house subject. Right. Mm -hmm. I've always tried to give Maite and his relationship, the respect and, and, thing that it deserves and everything it deserves because that's her story to tell just as it is for Manuela and, and, and her time with him. And it's her story to tell. It's not for any of us to kind of get in there and, Oh, this is what I saw this, you know, because we're only seeing half of what we really think. Um, and then when we relay it, it, it's really out of context because when you're a person who works, in and around the private lives of the people that you provide service for. It is a very trusted area. And so even when they go beyond the earthly realm, you still have an obligation to how you handle that time that was just between the two of you, at least, at least the way that I and others look at it. Um, it's very easy to say, well, he's gone now. I can just say what I want. You know, that's kind of loosey-goosey, and it does not do this situation in particular any good because there's a lot of people who are saying a lot of things. Some of them never even knew him. So when you've had the fortune to spend time with him and, and you have that kind of story to tell, I think you, you owe it to him, his legacy, his family, and, and those people who are involved, and then the things that you were allowed to view. you got to edit yourself, you know. I just wonder what the edit process was, having written many books and having written many articles and responded to many questions. The edit process is always extensive because once you put something out, you have the sum total of your intelligence on display. So what happens is that you have to say, what am I trying to say and how am I saying it? And is it clearly understood to the who know Prince and know of Prince. And this is this understood to somebody who may not know this person at all. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can edit yourself or even Michael, you know, as well, if, if I'm doing something and I have a question about, I may even call you or I'll call someone else in the, in the fan family and say, Hey, uh, I'm doing these questions and I just need to know if this comes off. Okay. Because we're in a different time and the, the time after he's gone is just as important as the time he was here because the words that we say penetrate and they stay a long, long time. Um, in particular, like I said, I didn't really enjoy the things when, when, any, when anybody, Kim or anybody, breaches that thing and, and talks about um, you know, their, their family situation and the loss of their child. I just think that's something that if she's already dealt with it in her book and and that's to me that's the highest point that you can go uh i think it's i don't need to say anything else about it i just i just it's an uncomfortable subject and it's you know yeah you can you can say what you feel about anything but at a certain point why why this is you know this is their this is their special relationship with anybody who's in love what other people call love is not for us to question we all have friends that we could go in their home and the dance that they call love might not be understandable to us but it's understandable to them so you know we're just outsiders looking in I think the other thing 
that I look at when I kind of read this over and I listen to your comments and I listen to everyone's comments is that it's, it's almost a art imitating life. Here's a person who was responsible for his hair, his looks, his appearance with a chance to say, here's what this cat was about. Here's some things that, you know, salient points that I feel I took from it. Not that everything has to be a, a whitewash or it has to be a, a great thing, but there is a chance to tell your story in a succinct way to bring it together. And if anybody's reading it and they feel like it's scattered, then you have to say, okay, what did I get from this? You, you kind of follow me? No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah I mean, I, yeah. Well, Go I was going to say, it's like... Um, and again, I understand it's going to be about Prince, but it has to be about her, too. I guess what I mean by that is it's, yeah. it's showing yeah. some things about Prince. Like, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but in terms of like there's, there's sort of a presentation in this of, of how he may be disrespectful to women and sort of trying to understand, trying to explain why he she feels that way, which, OK, mm -hmm. I can. I can kind of see what you're trying to do with that. But the other part, but I think the thing is you have to be careful. Like you said, it's a different time. So if you're going to sort of go with that narrative with him, you have to also weigh like how the people you want to read this are going to take it. And I think one way yeah. you deal with that is, well, then you have to um, put yourself on blast too. Like show, right. show right. your growth yeah. and things that maybe you might've been doing in your life or whatever and how you sort of learned things and came out of that as well so if you're gonna go into you know his personal stuff and that and that's what you choose to do then i'm kind of like expecting yeah. you to go into yours i want i want to see your <laughs> you know you should be able yeah. to have humble enough to put yourself out there you know a little bit more so at least i could understand why you're doing this or see your growth as well and i just kind of felt like it's more about some of the dysfunction with Prince as opposed to if there are any with Kim. And I'm careful when I say that I'm not trying to drag Kim I anything like that either. I'm just yeah. saying like, yeah, you know, you kind of want to see that too. Cause when you hear her speak, yeah. has such a great personality. It's so easy to uh, get caught up into Kim and because it, it probably is a genuinely she's a you know a fun person and, and she's almost really down very down to earth. I yeah. kind of wanted to hear yeah. a little more of that down to earthness in the book. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. You want to you want to understand what makes this person who was around him doing his hair so colorful as an individual. Right, right. And 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 I and I get it and I get it and and I do understand the other the other point you just made, which is which is that um, you know. What I'll call what you said is, you know, uh, that it came off like he was he was disrespectful towards women. Let me tell you something. I've been around a lot of different artists over 40 years. Let's call let's call one person's disrespect. Let's just generalize it and call it artistic behavior mm. is a characteristic that follows all of these situations, no matter where on the arc that entertainer happens to be. What that means is if somebody, if you're with somebody at the height of their peak or on their way up, 
you will see behavior and hear things out of their mouth that are just as much from inexperience and altitude sickness as they are from arrogance and assuredness. Mm. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Consequently, if you are with an entertainer and they are on their way to the plateau and they're just evening off at top or they're slightly on the decline because they haven't done something or for whatever part they're on, you will find at all times there will be a flash and it's like somebody hit them on the head and all of a sudden, bang, artistic behavior flares up. Right? And I'm being nice when I say artistic behavior. We could call it disrespectful shit. You call it whatever you want to call it. It's basically the things that happen when they're byproducts of a pathology of the entertainment business because when you're at the top or you're doing something, there's a tendency of a lot of people to give you your way, get you what you need, make you comfortable, and all these other euphemisms that we use in order to deliver the hit for the contractual time that's been dealt, right? If we want to just get it right down to the nitty-gritty. And so I think it would be very easy to say, oh, wow, he didn't, you know, or, or portray any of that. But realistically, that's with every entertainer at a certain level. Sometimes it happens more often than not. And it has a lot to do with who they are inside and it has a lot to do with environment. You know, the person that I met during the time that I met them, we didn't go through too much artistic behavior, but he could be very, uh, he could be very snappy at times and he could be very direct at times. And he could also play if he knew somebody like me was not prone to playing and was always trying to do their best. So he, he knew how to, to play the gamut of things, but uh, it was never, I never felt it was malicious. Hmm. Right. So I never, I never took it like that. And of course, uh, we're, we're, we're also two males and we're also at a different time in our lives. Right. But I will just say this from my experience dealing with all different types, I understand what artistic behavior is. So when that, that vein of, Oh, it was disrespectful towards women. Cause I, I also saw the other side where he was very reverential towards women. He understood the power and the, and, and the key difference in having women involved in and around him. And he, he really utilized that. And he really had a good way of selecting uh, women who were very powerful and very good at what they did. So I can't really, I can't really go with that one. Could he be a hard taskmaster? I think probably if you look over the, the years, yeah, probably could. Got very unreasonable with some of the requests and probably early on. I know I was on a panel with uh, in, uh, one of the theaters and I was listening to some of the early PR people and management people. Yeah, he could be a very difficult taskmaster. But again, that difficulty was bred out of the superstar system that we were in back then. Mm. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, well, for sure. You know, so it doesn't, doesn't justify it. It just explains how you get that. Because in today's entertainment space, it still happens. It just looks very different. And it and happens quickly because it's just a different kind of, it's, it's a different kind of crowd now. It's a different kind of crowd now. And, and, and truthfully, um, there were so many people involved back then Today, we don't really have the budget or the time for the the crew that's going to follow and make sure all that's right. And, uh, you know, 
you you look at anybody who's still around the the handlers the handlers they have today are lesser in number than they were in the nineties. Uh, they're lesser in today than they were in the eighties, if they're fortunate enough to still be around. So they might still have their rider with their unreasonable requests and all their stuff. But the bottom line is the entertainment model can no longer support the idiosyncratic behavior of somebody who's got altitude signatures because they can sing good, dance good, or do whatever. It just, it just, it timed out. We don't have that kind of the processing time anymore because there's always some new talent coming up that's willing to do whatever for whatever. And it's, and it's curated so that, okay, cool. And then pretty soon all that artistic behavior moves down the street because people don't have time for it. Oh, we were going to get them, but you know, we don't have space for this and this. And I always say, and this isn't, this isn't to be mean for any people who are fans, but I always say that, you know, in today's economy, if some acts, it, it would be hard to, to do certain things because we don't have the money in the years past. Pepsi and a bunch of other people, they had the money to afford Michael and the monkey, right? And all of the idiosyncratic behavior. We don't have that kind of economy now. So when you look at the entertainment economy and the dollar, you have to look at, okay, how can we be effective and do what we got to do? Man, we have brand relationships that we have to manage. We have culture we have to be honorary, honorary to. A lot of that wasn't going on. A lot of that wasn't going on. We have so many things now that have changed. And so I know, I know, you know, we're talking about the book, but I'm just talking about this behavior because I think it's easy to write it off when somebody says something in a book and doesn't put it in context. Right, right. right? No, that's important. When you're put dealing with context. somebody as culturally large yeah. as Prince is, yeah. you, you have to yeah. sort of look at the bigger picture. It can't just be, yeah. you know. yeah. You got mama and, and and it's not to be mean to say she has no right to say it. Everybody has the right to say it. Everybody got the right to do, you know, the thing. I just think that there as I as I read through it and read through it, it's like, hmm, I felt like that was good. Just keep going. But you know, I'm going like, dang, man, it'd be good to even shoot, what if we just said all the dynamic hairstyles, just tell a story about each of the hairstyles mm. that was 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 pivotal during the time that you did, and then the, the journey to that hairstyle or whatever, because she has told that live in some things, but it would have been a good consistent theme because I always like hearing about her growing up because I grew up in the same, same area of town, you know? So I understand that, that whole experience of growing up in South Central, the, the whole Crenshaw thing, I get it. And so I think there are a lot of things, and, and you know, possibly if there is another book, Maybe it's, you know, people give enough feedback that she'll, she'll have another way to, to look at it. I, I think everybody has their, their right to talk about their time and do it. It's just that it's under such scrutiny right now because when you look at the previous books that are out, and if we just take Ashing's book and Steve Park's book, these guys were lucky enough to have uh, photo releases. So that helps them propel their books further out because they can have major publishers. They can have more structure. They have more stuff to work with. And then they can take time on their verbal journey, right? Because they have pictures to create a narrative. When you, when you doing something based on the service provider community, and I'll put, I'll put Kim in the same boat that, that I'm in. If I said I was going to write a book, then you're confined to having possibly not only use 
whatever pictures you can get a hold of, but you're going to have to use animations. You're going to have to use whatever you can use to make sure you can achieve your goal if you don't necessarily have the backing of a major publisher. So there are a lot of things about writing a book, just the, the granular details, that if you are going to do it on your own, you've got to have a strategy that is based upon that which you can control. You know, and especially now where you have the transitional part and you've experienced this of the family is involved. So at every point, if you want to use something that's vaguely stepping on their grass, you're going to have to deal with that legal battle. Right, right. Let me, let me, let me shift gears so, just for a little bit here, Dave. Hold on one second. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, what were some of the uh, favorite moments or or moments in the book that you liked, like you know, I'll make sure we kind of give both sides here. Uh, Kanisa, what was there anything in the book that you uh, you enjoyed reading or was new to you? Um, definitely her past, um, because I resonated with that, especially when she talked about the type of school she went to and what the representation was like there, and her experience with the recommendations that were made to her as far as what her future could be. Because um, I had a similar experience at my school where. Uh, I was one of a few black people and my counselor said that I wasn't very smart and I ended up going to George Tech and doing fine and everything. But that that's a mm-hmm. dynamic and it helps to, it's kind of why I wish there was more of that to help explain what her perspective was. Because she did talk about how she was very much in a church and how um, her upbringing was kind not strict, but she was held to a standard herself to where later it informs her opinion of prince and women for example so we just needed more of that to understand you know why she's saying what she did but i appreciate um the bit that she did offer as far as where she was coming from and how that might have informed her own decisions her and her own perspectives mm, yeah yeah i agree with that. that 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 early school stuff i thought was to me i was re- reading that i was like i could see this on the screen a little bit you know reminded me like the wood or something like that. I, like, I, I kind of see this player. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Big, big sexy. Any, any parts that stood out for you? You know, that school portion stood out for me too, because I too went through a similar thing while I was in high school for those 30 seconds. And, you know, one of the counselors felt, you know, he, he needed to tell me, you know, what my limitations were. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you don't know me, man. You need to take that somewhere else. Um, how she responded to that by going in a different direction is great. Uh, I enjoyed hearing about, again, how this came about for her. But on the, on the flip side, I want to hear more about the music, about you know the touring, about you know the different locations. Uh, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Mike, about you know doing something with all the different hairstyles. That's a book right there. You know, oh, in '92 he was doing the, the whole typhoon thing because he was trying to achieve this. Okay, cool. That's a book. Um, again, a lot of the more intimate details of a relationship that no one, including the author, were involved in. That's just not cool. That's just not cool. Um, I'm not going to say that she had a ulterior motive. I'm, I'm not prepared to go that far. I think she got some bad advice on this. And I don't think it was planned out 
as thorough, thoroughly as it could have been, and it could have been a lot better, a lot better. All right. Um, one thing I, that was interesting to me uh, when she talked about D'Angelo's visit to Paisley Park, uh, and I'm a big D'Angelo fan, so I was like, and I knew that he had been there with Quest, but this sounds like it was a visit uh, even before the first album dropped, which I had never heard about. And, and you know, what she said, the conversation between Prince and him was, I, th- I found that to be very interesting. Uh, but it was just cool to me because I I like to hear how Prince is like, you know, trying to uh, mentor or at least share some game with, you know, younger artists uh, about what you're about to get into, you know, and, and would that be a hell of a thing to receive that from somebody of Prince's magnitude, you know, to actually take the time out and really sit down and chop it up and, you know, telling you these things. I, I, with, you know, also I imagine the other side of the industry in that young artist's ear with all of the, the trinkets and, you know, promises and stuff. And then to hear a guy who you probably like idolize or obviously one of the biggest guys in the game sitting here probably telling you, yo, don't, almost saying don't do it. <laughs> so that would have been very interesting to hear more of that um and what else there's something else i i also i i liked hearing about uh her salon like i wish there was a little bit more information about that because um i was curious to like what what happened with that or and i don't think she go answers that in the book what what happened with the salon or you know yeah she mentioned I, I, some I of the pretty, yeah, yeah. once she mentions like some found. of the some of the stuff that they were doing, like the HIV testing and some of the welfare programs. I was like, what? I was like, word. Okay, let, let me hear about this. And when did this happen? That's the only other thing I was kind of a little curious of what years yeah. this happened. And then that prince came down. He was out there standing on the street and, you know, pandemonium. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. You know, so things like that I thought were interesting. The other thing yeah. I wished they could, she could have done, because I imagine a lot of people who were into hair. That's the other thing too. I think this book would have been a great uh, book for people that may not even necessarily been Prince fans per se, but who wanted to get into doing hair on a, on a big level where she probably could have actually had pictures showing how to do some of these hair designs or at least mm. even maybe she did them on other people's head and say, here, I'm going to do the typhoon in the book and show you this is what it looks like from all angles or Yes. Use that Haley Berry style cut, and this is why was he? Why did he have that shave part in his head? You know things like this. This is what you do. You the hairstylist. So I, those would have been the pictures she should have had. They don't have to be prints in those pictures, but it would have been the hairstyles of prints, right? So you could really mm-hmm. get a sense of all of them and be able to show you. And here's here's the products we. I think somebody mentioned that earlier. Here are the products that we use. How was his hair? I know she said it was tender, but like, what happened with? You know, was you know what I mean? So just those yeah. types of things. I think a lot of people, I'm not gonna just say just sisters, but a lot of people who do hair could probably get a lot of good game about that. How do you deal with celebrity clients, you know what I'm saying? And and conduct yourself and da da da. So those are the sort of things I would like to go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Especially yeah. because that's something that you hear a lot in industry now, how um when it comes to celebrities or people working in movies and things like that, they don't have a lot of black hairstylists to do the black mm-hmm. people's hair. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we want to know, cause again, I'm natural hair. I want to know how she did the fro later, like what products were used. She had the one page that had some products, but how do you manage a black person's hair um, when they're on the move so much and keep it healthy and stuff like that? That is very valuable to know even for a lay person. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, and yeah. just how she started the yeah. business specifically, and she mentioned about the first ladies of the church. I thought that was like, okay, yeah, let me, I need to hear about yeah. this. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I thought the church, church stuff and the stuff about her mom was, was good. And it could have yeah. gone on about that. Cause that tells a lot about a person and where they get it from. I thought when she referred to the black card, you can't refer to a black card and not go into detail. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> the nature of a black card itself, when it is whooped out in a, in a uh, inner city capacity exactly. is enough to, to just, to just go on and on about, but, but uh, you know, I just, I just thought just same the same thoughts you guys are having is, is like, wow, this, this would have been so cool to hear that. But again, like I said, what we're getting is a view to someone who did his hair. And if we back away from a distance and we look at, okay, when you're getting somebody ready and you're giving them the look they need to go do the bigger thing that they do, you are doing what? You are, you are giving a treatment to the surface to get it ready to deliver whatever they deliver, which means you have a view that is entirely clear when it comes to looking at the surface, right? Looking at the hair, looking at the disc, spending time with them when they're in the chair and they're trusting you to give them the look that they need. Doesn't mean that you're in the deep, the deep thoughts of their mind or that you're in the deep core of their mind. You, they're in your chair and that is a vulnerable time as most people can attest to when they've, they've ever been in that chair, right? So, I think that it's in a bigger sense, um, she was probably there and was privy to when things were happening during this time and conversations, but not knowing the details, the only thing you can probably do is mention some of it. Cause some of it, there's, there's comments in and out laced all in that, that just refer to different things and they're kind of like timestamps. Right. But again, they're so critical because uh, in, in his life, everything that he did, he did for a reason and the intention. So when you mention it, it's like, oh, wow, that was going on too. And then it, it creates another vine off the tree that you want to go and get interesting content from if it's there to get, mm. you know. So um, I just, you know, again, it's not, you know, who, who is it? We're, we're just, we're just, we're all onlookers to, to what's gone on. But, but, uh, you know, I, I think it could have been more. Yes. I, I agree with, uh, big sexy. Um, you can't write a book and pull the rug out and go, okay, maybe next time we'll get to that. And then you're charging up the wazoo. You know, it's, it's kind of hard. You got to give people, uh, value for their dollar because the book market is, is a very sensitive market. And you got to look at everything everybody else is presenting. We have, I don't know how many books we have by now, Michael. Uh, how many books are there uh, can regarding you prison? How many books have come out since he's died? Kenisa? Oh, I, I don't know. That. It's, it's, a, it's about number, but they're always self-published for the types of ones that are like this. Besides my Right, but yeah, but I think, I think just in general, a lot of titles have appeared. There's been a lot of books, yeah. A lot of titles. Yeah. 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 And uh, it, it doesn't mean anything one way or the other. It means that it's a very competitive field and people are doing their utmost to try and, and make uh, whatever it is, their point of view, as valid as possible. Like I said, I think the the first books that include pictures, they definitely set the mark 
because they're able to extend uh, his presence even stronger, especially in light of the, the, the state of the situation. And so I think those books actually did some good because they helped give people imagery and they helped give people uh, pathos to the story that wasn't so bumpy, right? Because every time we look to the, to the real thing, it was, it was not giving us what we, we've come to expect. So I think, I think there's a lot of things that those books did that are the setup for the expectation that now is on everybody who says, I'm going to come out with a book. You know. Yeah. Let me uh, let me ask this question before we wrap things up. And I got to ask this: <clears throat> Does uh, was there? You know, and sometimes I've seen people accuse this of being uh, obviously a lot more gossipy uh, type of a book. And I kind of cons- I don't kind of I see that at parts. But I'm curious: Am I wrong in thinking that some of the commentary on uh, I, I, it was a term she used that had me dying though. Uh, the fly-by-nighters <laughs> in Prince's World, and was that a, was that a little chatty patty like these? In, in some, uh, or was I mean, it? I, it go goes back to perspective, okay. right? Because I mean, yeah, it depends. Because she she explained how she came up and how she was held to a standard. So if you see a lot of women around him, you're gonna think it's certain kind of way but at the same time it's like what else could he do <laughs> so i mean it, it's perspective and okay. you know right. some people are going to be bothered by that some are i don't really i don't really care because i'm like sure if i were prince i would do the same <laughs> all right yeah I'm, I, again that's that that's that area that we call artistic behavior right <laughs> artistic behavior I'm so, <laughs> well i'm just just saying this you know it's it's a it's a gray area in past and because of, of Me Too and other things, we, we now have a very uh, mm. flipped universe where, where we, you know, uh, that doesn't really exist a lot now because everybody's so tactically scared that um, every time something happens, it's going to be someone's femininity weaponized mm-hmm. against them, right? So, so it's a different kind of environment now. And, and part of the reason why we're in that environment now is because the environment before was so uh, far on the other side of the number line, you know, mm. and then, but you actually had people who were willing to go that far. So it's, 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 it's a really strange thing. I think some of the things, yeah, some of the comments are catty. Some of the comments are, it's no different than me when, you know, when somebody asked me something, what I think about this, what I think about this. And I, you know, me, I categorize anything that's, that's crazy in his world from bobbleheads to all this other shit. I just call it all coffin hump. Right. So so you could call that a sweeping generalization. But the bottom line is that's that's my thing. That's what it is, because it's like, you know, this shit's unorganized. It's not this. And, it, and it's like, just let's look at the total picture and try to figure out what everybody's presenting, what they're trying to say. And is it going to stay in line with what everybody should really be doing, which is just honoring what's going on and helping to to kind of sustain this until everybody can get their their ducks in a row. Gotcha. You know, I think I think that's the best thing to do. But it, it, yeah, there were some comments. I saw a couple of those in here too that were very. I guess there you call them jabs. Is it jabs? Mm-hmm. Is that a good way to say it? Yeah. <laughs> shots <laughs> fired. Um, shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I think again I I think that is it is it her place to fire shots? I don't I don't know, but maybe. Maybe that's uh, again. We don't know what the her writing style is. Is you know usually 
when you write your first book, and, and I, I can say this from experience, when you write your first book, you sometimes try to develop your style within the delivery of the first book. Mm-hmm. And part of it is if you've never written a book, you kind of model your book after something that was your favorite sometimes. So you, you just try and develop a way where people can understand what it is you're saying and, and it's almost like they're having a conversation with you. Yeah, you know, with that and said... And if you can do oh, that... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say to me with that said, I would like the ultimate way to probably experience this book. And I don't know if it's available yet or if it will be, but I almost felt like it would have been better suited as an audio book spoken from Kim. Right. Like You know to, what? To, to I, hear that's it that powerful. That would have been powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on and I can't ignore it. So we're going to jump on this and to, to, to talk about it real quickly. Uh, there is a, a lot of conversation. There's, there's going to be pushback on any book. That's part of the game. You're going to get pushback. But uh, should she be canceled? There are, there are fans out there in the community that are hot over this book, mm-hmm. as they were for my taste and others. But there obviously is, there, there are people that are mad. Uh, let me say this. I can understand those who may have prepaid and, you know, there's pro- the production delays, whatever that is. I understand. But I can understand those people being mad. To me, it reminds me of the crystal ball uh, situation back in the day. For those who remember, a lot of people pre-ordered for that. Uh, it was available in stores before those people who paid the pre-orders got theirs. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was a whole big thing at the time. And again, like I said, I understand that a lot of people pre-ordered this book, haven't gotten their physical copies yet. Idiots like me who didn't put no money down, reading it for free from Kindle. I, I would be hot. Like, whoa. So I can understand that. But I'm talking about those who are uh, pissed to the point where they're giving the book away for free. Um, real talking. You know, they have, everybody has a right to say what they want to say. But I'm curious. Is it to that level? Uh, I instinctually, <laughs> when I see all that type of stuff, I may not speak out of the public, but instinctually I'm like, ah, I get it. But for better or for worse, I don't know, Big Sexy guys say say, will say something about this. I want to be like, nah, don't come at the sister like that. Like, okay, I get it. I see what you're doing, but eh. Come on now. It, it, I see it as something else, and it may not be something else, but I'm curious what you guys think. And I'm going to start with Big Sexy. Uh, should she be held to the fire? Uh, is it more than others, or am I just reaching? What's your opinion? For a person who, like you mentioned, who did go through the investing process and didn't get it or wasn't satisfied, you know, that's entirely within their purview because I didn't do it. But if I had, I'd have been bent. Now, having said that, I'm aware of this person who was so taken aback by things that he's giving it away. That is not cool. That is not cool. Again, I don't think Kim is a bad person. I don't think she's trying to, you know, mislead anybody. I just don't think she's good at this craft. I think she's also guilty, and tell me if I'm using this properly, of clout chasing. You know? <laughs> I think... Did I say that right? <laughs> you said it right. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, I think she's more concerned. Let me rephrase that. It appears as if she's more concerned about, look at me, I'm a star too. You know, come see me on these book tours because I'm all that and, and that type of deal. And again, if, if it's in her head, that's how she needs to, to market her brand, so be it. I'm not one for canceling anyone who hasn't done something malicious. And I don't, I don't get a malicious vibe off of her at all. Uh, again, the, the person who is giving the book away, dude, no, nah, that's not cool. You can feel free not to like it. You can rip it in a review. But to, to go to that next level, that's too much. That's too much. Uh, I think at some point, Kim should answer a lot of these questions because there are a lot of questions that need to be addressed by her in a timely manner because again I'm trying not to throw names around but I do know there are people whose work was in that book and they said uh uh-uh, take me out of that book you know that needs to be addressed but I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people on the negative are making it come out to be no Kanisa yeah, same. I, I said in my review that I don't believe in dragging and I don't believe in cancel culture. And um, even if someone has done something you don't agree with, it's a lot for you to spend a lot of energy spending your entire day dragging this woman across the Internet. And there's this quote that I love um, by Marianne Hasna. She says, you say you don't like something and yet you keep focusing on it, talking about it, getting emotional and giving it your creative energy. How is that working out for you? So that's kind of my take on any of that type of thing, like canceling it, like you can ignore it and then it can go away or you can keep talking about it and, you know, do the opposite of what you're trying to intend and get people more interested. Like that whole no publicity is bad publicity thing. But like Big Sexy said, like next time she should read some of this, though, because it's valid concerns. But also at the end of the day, I've read books that are about prints that are also like this and no one knows about it because no one talked about it. So just figure out what your place in if you don't agree with this book then you can also let it just fade into oblivion like all the others mm. do you think there's some is there something else there's it uh, yeah do are we gonna go there <laughs> man hey this is when the hair stuff happened everybody was very upset about it i was upset about it honestly i was very angry but looking at the comments about it it got racist pretty quick. And there are like people putting pictures up of her, making fun of her, calling her all kinds of names, which I think is always inappropriate. And it, and it, and it, and it hurts a little bit. It, it was like, I wanted to defend her, but I also couldn't because it was like, it was shady that you did that. But it also yeah. invites, you know, a lot of bad feedback, not bad feedback, an extra hit when a black person does it, or especially a woman of color, it's like 10 times worse and everybody drags them for whatever patriarchal or racist things that are in society. And especially the way mm. Prince fans are online, most of them don't look like me. So it's like, it's, it's projection of mine for when Kim gets so much grief that it's like, how much of it is because of what she's done which which is valid that people would be upset about that but also how much of it is ingrained just demonization of either black people or black women especially where people like to tear on us a lot so it's it's complicated yeah and i'm gonna go to dave you, next but you know you, real, real quick dave yeah, i just want to okay. say i'm gonna go to you and and it's and i i can kind of agree with that because it's like you know giving a you know basically bootlegging somebody's new release like if you didn't so if, I might assume that if that person didn't like uh, 
I don't know, uh, fucking uh, Avengers or something, they would go and find uh, somebody who filmed the movie and then they would provide a link online. Man, that movie sucks. Don't even pay for it. Just watch it for free. You wouldn't go to that level <laughs> of, of, of madness if it was other stuff. I, and I wonder, are they just going this hard for other reasons? Not because to me, it's like you can be a fan of Prince, but I don't remember no part of the Prince experience where it, it was, you know, oh, if you hate, you got to hate something's that bad that you would just like try to get it shut down or, or like, uh, you know, just go to such a degree of foolishness. And I say the same thing with, with, with the Jesse Johnson situation. Like, I can understand you being upset about it, but you, you, would you really be going that hard if it was Bieber or somebody else that, they, you know what I mean? They don't go that hard for nobody. It seems like they go extra hard when it's us. That's just my opinion. Well, well I, I, think, I think what you're feeling is, and, and this, this goes both ways, when it's us, look, I, I, I'm, I deal with this on a daily basis. I just got finished dealing with a job where we had a contractor who was a black contractor because somebody sought out the use of a black contractor to promote keeping projects within the community. And the black contractor proceeded to take advantage of the situation mm-hmm. and really, you know, abuse it to the point of where they ended up getting fired. Right. But the bottom line is that what it does is it makes it hard for the next person who comes along. So as an old school person who, when I came along, there wasn't that many opportunities. I try and make it easier Mm. in the way I conduct myself in the marketplace so that the next young person coming behind me won't have the same story that I had to tell. They at least can say, you know what, even if I kept giving my hand or at least I did enough business that was cool to where they didn't have it as rough. And so when opportunity for the next person is, is what we set up when we have these experiences and it allows us to write books and be reflective and, say things and affect people's lives. But it's a lot of power. You know, as, as, as much as everybody talks about, uh, as much as the God is mentioned in the book, I'm, I'm going to be spiritual for a second and go that there, there is life and death in the power of the tongue. So you really have to watch what you say, how you say it, and know that when you're doing this, you're not just doing it for the immediacy of the moment of, reflecting on Prince because he is gone. No words are going to bring him back or, or any of that, but you are planting seeds that somebody else is going to, to, to read. And they're either going to be inspired by what you read, or they might think your comments are incendiary. And then for that, you need to really understand whom, hmm, let me see what they're saying. As Kanisa said, hopefully she will take all these comments and all this information as feedback. So if there is intent on doing something more, then it, it can come back around. I don't know why the, the response is so visceral within our community. I don't know why. I just know that as a older person in our community, when I see what I'll call black on black crime, right? <laughs> for, no, for lack of a better term, right? Um, it is, it is this, it, it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel sad because, because we work so hard as a people to just be able to function. And then when we have these situations where people can show that, you know, their prowess and what they're good with, 
and ours our shit just looks like such a traffic accident. Mm. It just it just it tears everything apart, and, it, and it's really destructive on many levels, even to the point of where sometimes our responses are just as chaotic as the behavior that the responses are, are upset by, right? Yes. So it's a world of extremes. You know, everybody's operating in the extreme. So, and we have that clapback culture, remember, that we're in right now, the clapback cancel culture that not only says, I don't like it, but they're going to announce that they don't like it, and they're going to say what they're going to do, and they're going to call their neighbor across the fence. You don't like it either. You know, and they're, and they're going to they're going to really get into it, you know, and that's a, that's a new thing too. You know, everybody's shouting back at the TV, you know, except now we can hear everybody shouting back at the TV. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's a it's, different kind of thing. Yeah. Let me have a, let me have a conversation with the family real quick. And I want, I want to, you just said some great things where we're kind of going on is that there's certain context that I, yeah. that I think some of us look at this in the situation and it's like, um, and you got to look at Prince the same way. Prince, and, and bear with me, people, as I navigate through this. Prince was a black person who understood the dynamics of being a black man in America doing the music that he was doing and who he was trying to reach. He obviously knew how to conduct himself optically. Right. And I'm talking about how he looks and how his presentation, how that would be perceived and how he needs to do certain things so that he can elevate to the next level. I would say his whole first part of the career was the understanding the optics of things and how it all plays into it. Like the music can be the music, but the way this thing looks and how it's being presented to the mass mass people, if I'm trying to get to the top of the top, I got to understand that move. So Visually, I got to present this a certain way. The quality is always going to be there, but it all intertwines, right? And then when I get to where I need to be, I can do certain things and understand visuals and the music, but I understand what I'm playing to and where I'm trying to get to later in life. You can understand, okay, I got the power now. I may not have to play these games that way. I can put a different presentation up there and maybe I want to switch the visuals now that I have some power, blah, blah, blah. Some of you are getting what I'm saying. But, but you made a point, Dave, and you said, you know, as an older person and just even to me, a person who, who, who got a little game about themselves, we know that we got to put our best foot forward at all times. Mm-hmm. We don't have an opportunity to be half-assing it because they already look, some people are already going to be looking and have an assumption that, as we heard earlier, and as you heard in the book, right? Oh, you're not even smart enough to go to this school. What are you doing? You should be over here trying to learn a trade or blah, 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 blah. Two people on this panel have said that. That has happened. So we know that we got to come our A game. And when we see other people that look like us and they getting ready to do something, we always pray like, oh, please, yeah, do it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or when you hear something yeah. on the news and some of us be like please don't let that be us right yeah. but yeah. but what I'm saying yeah. is so I think for me I'm speaking my person I'm putting no words in my mouth when I saw Kim doing come I was like yo this is a, a black woman 
who was there with this king doing his thing. We don't see that very often. Mm -mm. I want to see her win. Yeah. And she's great. The, the, the story yeah. was there. The, the personality, everything is there. So, oh, man. Well, yeah, I, I can't wait. Yes, it's going to be good. And I know she's going to come a game because, again, the same audience, Prince Mass audience, Prince was playing to to understand the maneuvering of that. It's the same audience that's going to read this book, right? Yeah. And so and you, you know, gotta remember one thing. Well, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Let me cut you off. You gotta remember one thing. You, you know, cancel culture tries to do this thing where they X you out. You cannot cancel Kim's work. Oh, no, not at, not at all. So, so that's the reason why you have to understand that this is a person who, like all of us, is grieving as well. So I, for sure. I still grieve for the situation. She still grieves for the situation. So part of that is what you're reading too. And if people have some some empathy for what goes on you cannot be involved in someone's creative life and contribute that much this is this is the person who quaffed his hair before he came out and messed everybody up doing what he did so mm. that is not a role to be taken lightly not at all and but let me let me just also, get, let me get yeah, back let me get yeah. on the train here so when yeah. you see the situation with the book coming out uh you want us you you, you you're praying like yo do, do it on the up and up now uh have all the t's everything crossed it's gonna be right because you can't you can't put this out they gonna come for you if it's not right they would do that in general but we just i i say this to say sometimes uh what i'm seeing now and when i said instinctually we kind of like ah because i already know like you can't give them a little bit you can't you can't give them give them a, a chance to cut you down because they're going to look for anything and some of them are going to go extra hard and they don't even know that they're doing that. And, and then some of them might be surprised. Well, why would Mike, why are you saying this Mike or certain people pushing back? Well, because it's that same thing I'm trying to put in context. We don't want to, we want to see ourselves win. And I say we, I'm talking about black people because sometimes uh, we've been the minority or we're not necessarily always the, the dominant one. And so, Sometimes our voices get drowned out. It's the same. I'm trying to explain. It's the same thing where look at Jesse Smollett. I was one of the first people saying, man, he looked crazy out here. What is he doing? And then uh, it started to turn a little bit. And some of us instinctually started to be like, well, man, OK, or I, I hear y'all criticism, but y'all can leave him alone now. Like we get it. It's going a little too far. It's the same way when certain people cheered when OJ got off, certain people didn't. And they was like, well, why are they cheering? He's a murderer but you, you, it's, it's deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? They, they're looking at it as something else. And I'm just saying, I'm looking at this a little bit as I want her to come with the A game because it has to be great. It can't be uh, a half book and this and that and the third. Give these people what they want. Same way with Prince. Like he came over exceeding, he, he over abundance of greatness. He didn't come with no whack stuff or was nothing to question because he ain't got time you, we don't we're not in a position where we can come lacking we got to come with greatness on all levels and we respond to that when we see that so we didn't look at a person like oh man he just bullshit no he's he's not giving them no excuses he's great and i just feel like if you coming from that lineage whatever time you work for him then the expectation is that you got to come with that as well uh and so I just, I, like I said, I just want her to like 
if you're going to do the next book, that's cool. But I would only just say like, if I would, I would suggest maybe like packing it in, man, and really over delivering. It ain't going to never hurt you to over deliver. Uh, Cause I want to see it win. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great story. There's great stuff in this book. I, I don't want people to ban it either. But again, people have their opinions and I respect that, but I just want to see it. You know what I'm saying? We always want to see the, see the stuff that we do be great. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to see it not be uh halfway the same way. If I was doing this podcast, I, I don't want to be like, oh man, Mike, he just kind of half timing me with it and, I hope that's not how it's perceived. And if it is, I will listen to the feedback, right? And try to improve. But I know that we don't get so many opportunities. So we got to come with the greatness. Hopefully y'all understood a little bit what I was trying to say to <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean this, and I'm saying that too, because I know Kim is going to listen to this. And this is not, this is not the drag Kim show. This is not the no. cancel Kim show. This is out of love, Right. Uh, we chopping it up. We we have Dave here. We got Kanisa here, big sexy myself. So we want to see it win. You know, we're just giving our opinions. And when you put something out there, you you have to expect people to get their opinions. Um, that's true. But that's true. Yeah, man. So I, I got she she got a little hot over here for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. No, I think one. I think I think she understands that everybody's coming from a. I'm a real cool place. And, but I think it's also hard that the community, the community is so close and everyone has gotten so close so fast that, right. um, sometimes I think everybody has to understand the, 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 the things, the ups and downs emotionally that all of us go through at different points, everything triggers everything. So I can't, I can't read a headline. I can't see something without it triggering some kind of memory and so we all are we we love talking about it, we love dealing with it but for all of us now it is a thing of always trying to to get the most out of it and come from the super best place we can in this recovery and it's a three four year recovery trail we're on right mm -hmm. of of loss and so no matter what, we, we still got to support one another and be there for one another. And that even means in, in, in constructive conversations and things yeah. like that. So, and you, you know, know I, th I think it's fun. Yeah. Lastly, the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to shut up. Uh, I would say too, man, like <laughs> as, as for us, to, and I would say the preacher, you know, I'm almost finished now, but the, <laughs> I'm speaking as from a fan. I'm just speaking for myself. Some other fans may feel it's not. When y'all, I'm talking to you, Dave, I'm talking to Kim or whoever else, y'all, so we look at y'all, y'all work with Prince and, you know, you guys can share some of the inside stuff, but I say this, if you got, if there's issues in the family, them issues and conversations, they need to be handled behind closed doors or, yeah. or hopefully y'all yeah. come with a uh, united front and can come to agreement before y'all put out books and things because the whole, you know, and that's what I say, shout out to my team and stuff. That's why I said earlier, if that was my family and somebody in my team came with something like that, that would be a violation. But I would, so I would only right. assume that that was discussed beforehand <laughs> and, and, and y'all mm -hmm. coming together. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just saying, if you're going to go and delve into people's situations like that, 
it's in your best interest if you want us as the people who's spending money on it to come with a united front because that stuff looks kind of crazy like when you're really talking about personal family business in these streets this is not a good look at all like we we, so you got to be they got to get that cleaned up you know what i'm saying that that's the only thing the real thing that probably rubs a lot a lot of people the wrong way because i just think of how if someone mm. did that to us personally you know it'd be wartime for some yeah. people that they, they go to war with stuff like that so i can only hope that yeah. you know the the sensibilities of respect can be greater than the sensibilities of chasing the bag right that's true that's true like i said for 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 a lot of us especially me because i wasn't from that time but i have enough uh tact to have never had to have an intentional conversation about it with anybody scotty or anybody because scotty knew or or, scotty Scotty came up during the time of my day and all through that period and so but we never had any formal conversation say oh well can i say something about the world we never we don't talk like that because the bottom line is that we we understand we understand how we are and, and how the situation is and so and how we both, we're both family people. So how we view that whole thing dealing with, um, the, the spouse and the, and the, the other side of life, you know, and, uh, it's just, it's just, everybody's different, man. Everybody, everybody is different. So, and, and it, and it is a unique situation that she had a view to. So, you know, that's the other challenging point is that, is that when you're allowed this view, um, do you say anything about it or do you remain silent? You know, if I, if I decided to write a book, I'll put it like this. If I decided to write a book, Michael, and I would include in the book all the times that were private that I viewed, I would not be having this conversation with you. I would be on an Island somewhere (laughs) doing quite well. Right. (laughs) Because, because there's a lot of things, but people don't need to know all those things because it's not, it has nothing to do with, that you know what the good that's going on that's just that's just what is you know and sometimes this tmz culture that we live in wants to make everything mm. scandal sheet and it's not I, I don't think you know no offense to tmz but i mean that's kind of they kind of hype that aspect of it to, to present all the stuff you know but i don't think we have to live in that space in order to do that i think it's you know, it will be tactful. I think everybody will get their fine line. I think if there was a, you know, if there was a cancel culture, so to speak, there's a lot more people in this situation with, with him and what, what, what happened that need to be canceled and that need to be, you know, <laughs> you want to, you know, you want to write some books and talk some shit. There's a, I got a whole list. That's another show. <laughs> but, but, you know, you know, I think there's a lot more stuff that we could do that, that would be, still be reverential, but it would also help clear the decks of the bullshit, you know? So I think that's a, that's a large part too, that, that, that the fan community as well as the family and, and the people that worked around him, we view everything. We've, we've viewed it all for the, for, we all have viewed, viewed everything for the same period of time. So just the same way we mourn and miss him, we, the same way we're tired of some of the bullshit. There you go. And, and so it's very easy to write off some things and categorize them as bullshit when we don't understand the full perspective. So while I don't want to see her written off and put in that direction, I think that we have to understand everybody's perspective. And I say everybody's now because 
it's not just these selective groups. When he passed away, we all became one family mm. because we all are without him, right? And so that's the difference is that we are going through this thing together. Mm. Every time we get together and talk, it's, it's in remembrance of something that was, was really cool, you know? And so we, we all have that, that reverential thing. And it's, you know, that's part of what makes us feel okay after we have these conversations. Well, man, we're going, we're going to end it on that, man. We, we're all in this together. Yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah, man. Um, all right. Big sexy in sack. Where can people find you online, sir? <sighs> I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> What's with these groans, man? What's going on? I can be found on Facebook, Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins. Two. Twitter, WSE Mark. And shout out to the Full Force Brothers. All right. All right. We'll get you some Dayquil, man. We'll get you back on your feet. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Kanisa, where can people find you online? Uh, Darling Nisi on Twitter as well as on Tumblr. All right. And also shout out to Muse of the Pharaoh. All right. All right. And Mr. Hampton, sir, uh, where can people uh, Man, connect they, with you? <laughs> they can they can reach me through Michael Bean or, you, you know, you can find me at uh, reftone.com. You can reach me there. Right. I'm 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 always uh, available. My my information hasn't changed. Right. I don't do the the. T- I mean, I I have Twitter, but I don't really tweet 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 a lot. And you know, but if you, anybody has any questions, they want to do. You guys want to talk about anything or do anything? You know, Michael Dean, you can always reach me through Michael and whatever you guys want to do. And uh, are right, are you guys gonna all going to uh, to Minnesota next week? Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm no. Going. Big sexy on Thanksgiving. No. We're gonna get him out here one of these years. But uh, are you you're not going, are you, Dave? Are you gonna be out there in town or not, not as of yet. I, I have I have a real big commitment out here and I can't really I can't really turn away from that until we make some progress. So okay. I wanna I'd love to be there though, but I'm gonna be in Detroit with the PRN alumni. Okay. At the uh, the next you know. If you if you can, Dave, who who are some of the people you're working with right now? If you can say, um, I'm working with well, I'm still working with RZA, okay. and I'm working with uh, Ray Parker Jr. and I have a project we're doing with Bill Withers, and then mm-hmm. I'm work I'm working with uh, a group that's called Fifteen Hundred or Nothing. They're they're the backup band for Jay Z. And for Bruno Mars, they write all the songs for Bruno Mars. I'm involved in a big project in Los Angeles with uh, 1500 or nothing, and uh, they they got a con- they have a school out here in Los Angeles called 1500 Sound Academy, and uh, we just did some really good stuff uh, last week. They have uh, probably about 25 students that have just completed uh, their course and. Um, I have a scholarship that we do blue microphone uh, in tribute to my daughter. So we were able to get a lot of the girls, about eight girls who were going through the program. We were able to get them a lot of the recording things that they needed. And uh, it was really good. It was the first time we've directed the scholarship at um, that school in particular. And we got more schools that are going to be doing something with us. 
think uh, Cora and I are going to try and do something with Howard University. So there's, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, all of us still stay in touch, so we're all trying to, to affect change all over. I'm actually going to be out in Minnesota too. Um, I think I'm going to do another school with Manuela. We're going to wow. put in a music lab out there in Minnesota. Man, beautiful, man. She's doing the work, working like a job. <laughs> doing working a, like doing a job. Like I waiting for my T-shirt, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'll get on that. <laughs> Work, working like a job. I, I, I've got my other my other T-shirt ideas that we can we can do. Like yeah. Working like a job. <laughs> I got a couple others. I think we we we, we do uh, quite well. On. Oh, okay. Well, we'll chop it up about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, you can definitely find us at podcastjuice.net. And also, if you are going to be uh, out in the Minneapolis uh, area for celebration, uh, we're going to be doing a live uh, podcast recording at Perkins. This is uh, Injunction, or this is a part of the uh, Prince 365 celebration event that is happening there uh, Friday the 26th, which I believe is sold out. So if you already got tickets, uh, we're going to be in the building. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to start recording, I think, around 1 a.m. Uh, it's going to be a long night. So uh, if you're going to be there, uh, this should be a good time. If I, if you see me out there, uh, please come and say hello. People be just texting me or hitting me up. Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be too nervous. Please, I ain't nobody. <laughs> so don't do that. Just come <laughs> up and say hello. We can chop it up for sure. I would love to meet people. Um, I'm trying not to look mad or something. If I am, I'll probably just be nervous myself. So come on up. Who's some of your Let's say it again. Who's some of your guests? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever he just said, I didn't know what you said. But with that said, no, I said who, are, who, are, who are some of your guests? Oh no, you know what? The guests gonna be the listeners, man. It's just uh, we, you know, so whoever comes up, everybody's gonna get a chance to get on the mic, and and we're just having a good time, man. So won't be any like special guests unless I'm sure there's gonna be people there. Uh, but uh, it's just gonna be the family, man. Everybody, everybody's the guest. Uh, so we're going to have a good time uh, With that said As I always say Work it like a job We'll see you next time Peace